Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at Matthew chapters 11 through 13, which according to B.W. Bacon is book 3 of Matthew. Chapters 11 and 12 are the narrative or the storyline, and then chapter 13 is Jesus' teaching or his discourse, and this time the focus is on the kingdom. The very first chapter of Matthew started with the lineage of Jesus and how he is a descendant of King David and of Abraham. With Abraham and Sarah, the Lord said in Genesis chapter 18, verse 16, And I will bless her and give you a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. This is the first book of the Bible written around 1450 to 1410 B.C., then, when David was established as king, the Lord promised him in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, And when your days be fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will set up your seed after thee, which shall proceed out of your bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 2 Samuel was written around 930 BC after King David reigned. And this is the kingdom that Matthew is writing about. He's letting the Jews know that the Lord God is fulfilling his promise through Jesus. Chapter 11 verse 1 reads, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed then to teach and to preach in their cities. Now John the Baptist is in prison, and he had heard the works of Jesus. Now keep in mind what John declared about Jesus. I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John also saw the Spirit of God descending on Jesus like a dove, plus light, plus the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So John has seen and he knows who Jesus was, yet he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you he that will come or do we need to look for another? One time, Dr. Betts said, when in the dark, we need to cling to what we know to be true in the light. Then Jesus said, go and show John again those things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Ladies, do you realize that every one of these proofs of Jesus' ministry were told in yesterday's lesson of book two? Matthew chose those miracles so that we, the reader, as well as John the Baptist, can know that the answer is yes. Yes, Jesus is the one to come. The need to look for someone else is over. 
The chapter continues with Jesus talking about John the Baptist and Jesus quotes Malachi 3.1. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And then in verses 13 and 14, he said, For all the prophets and all the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elijah, which was to come. This Elijah is mentioned in the last book of the Christian Old Testament, Malachi, in the last two verses of the Old Testament. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Jesus then talks about this generation and how they did not accept John because he did not eat or drink and yet they labeled him as from the devil. And Jesus came and he ate and drank and they labeled him gluttonous, a drunk and a friend of sinners. Jesus then mentioned the cities where many of the mighty works had been done, but people did not repent, such as Chorazin, Bethsaida and Capernaum. And then he compares them to the three cities which were not Jewish, who received judgment from the Lord in the Old Testament, Tyre, Sidon, and Sodom. And Jesus said that if they had seen what these Jewish cities had seen, they would have repented, but the Jews did not. Verses 25 through 30 begin with the prayer of Jesus, thanking the Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because he hid these things from the wise and intelligent and has revealed them to infants. Then Jesus said some of my favorite words found in verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here we see that Jesus is the giver of rest for our souls. And then chapter 12 goes into a story about the Sabbath, the day of rest. The disciples plucked and ate some corn from the field on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees saw it and told Jesus that it was unlawful. Jesus then tells them two Old Testament stories. The first is found in 1 Samuel chapter 21 verses 1 through 6 about how David and his men ate holy bread from the temple. Then Jesus referenced how the priests work on the Sabbath and yet they are innocent. Jesus declared, but I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this meant, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. That's Hosea 6, 6, which Matthew said earlier in chapter 9, verse 13. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Jesus went into the synagogue, the Jews' place of worship. There was a man who had a withered hand. The Jewish leaders asked Jesus, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They did this to try and accuse him. Instead of answering, he asked them a question. Jesus does that all the time. He asked them, if their sheep fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't they get it out? Then he said, how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. 
Not only did Jesus say it, but then he did it. Jesus asked the man to stretch out his hand. And when he did, it was restored whole like the other hand. From there, the Pharisees went out and held a council against him that they might destroy him. Verse 14. Knowing that, Jesus left the area, but many followed him and he healed them all. And he warned people to not tell who he was, which fulfilled Isaiah chapter 42 verses 1 through 3. The next miracle, which Matthew mentioned, was Jesus healed a man who was both blind and mute, who could then see and speak. All the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? Verse 23. They were wondering if Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. And again, when the Pharisees heard that, they said that Jesus was doing this in the power of the devil. Jesus responded by talking about the kingdom of God. If the devil brought the healing, then he's fighting against himself. But if this is done by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to them. Most of the time in Matthew, he talks of the kingdom of heaven. But here, he is declaring that the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God. Jesus then warns people against blaspheming against the Holy Spirit of God because that will not be forgiven, neither in this world or the next. Jesus then stressed that our lives and words reflect what we truly believe and there will be judgment someday. Chapter 12 continues with the spiritual leaders asking for a sign from Jesus as if he hadn't done enough already. He answered that the only sign will be the sign of the prophet Jonah, who was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. So the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In verses 46 through 50, while speaking with the people, Jesus's mother and brother stood outside trying to speak to him. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brethren? Then he stretched out his hand toward the disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brothers, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus showed that people of faith, people who do the Father's will, those are the people that will be in the eternal kingdom of heaven. Chapter 13 continues with a parable of the kingdom. In this chapter, Jesus sat by the sea, but so many people came that he needed to go into a boat to be heard by everyone. And verse 3 said, And Jesus spoke many things about them in parables. Now let's pause for a moment and talk a little bit about parables. Kenneth Bailey's definition states, A parable is a concrete, dramatic form of theological language that presses a listener to respond. In other words, after hearing the story, are you going to follow your way or follow Jesus? And Dr. Vicker said, it does it every time, every time. Arlen J. Hultgren's definition says, a parable is a figure of speech in which a comparison is made. Parables show us what the kingdom of God looks like and how people in the kingdom of God act. 
Parables are not allegories where every item represents something. And most of the time, when we read what is going on around the parable, we get a clearer view of what these parables are showing us. So let's look at chapter 13. Verses 3 through 9 is a parable about the sower of seed, which fell on four types of earth. Verses 10 through 17, the disciples asked Jesus why he taught in parables. And Jesus said it fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 through 10. And then Jesus quotes it. Some hear and don't understand, but the disciples were blessed because they heard and understood and believed. Then in verses 18 through 23, the parable of the sower is explained. One thing Dr. Vickers said in class was the only people that the parable was not explained to were the hearers of Jesus, because after that, the answer was written down for all people to have the answer. The only seed that grew and blossomed was the one which fell on the good ground. And that person hears the word, understands it, bears forth much fruit. This is the kind of people that are in the kingdom of God. The next parable about the wheat and the weeds growing together is only found in Matthew. They grow together until the harvest. The next parable, the parable of the mustard seed, starts off small but becomes a huge blessing. The parable of the yeast in bread starts off small and then it makes the bread rise. Jesus then tells more parables and Matthew writes in verse 35 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Here Matthew quotes Psalm number 78 verse 2. Then in verses 37 through 43, Jesus explained the parable of the wheat and tares, which is only found in Matthew. And then the rest of these parables used here are also just in Matthew. In verses 44 through 46, we see a buried treasure and we see a very beautiful pearl. In both stories, the person who found it was willing to give up everything for it in order to buy it. In verses 47 through 50 is a parable of a large net full of good and bad fish. The good were kept and the bad were cast away. And it will be like that at the end of the world. The angels will separate the wicked from the just and the wicked will go to the furnace of fire. Jesus asked if the disciples understood and they said yes. We then have the formula in verse 53 and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed there. In book three, we continue to see that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. We hear parables that teach us about what the kingdom of God looks like and what the people living in the kingdom of God act like. They see the value in it and it is supreme over everything else. We learn that the believers and unbelievers live together and only at the end will they be separated. We learn that the one who is a member of the kingdom of heaven will grow and be a blessing to those around them. We also see that animosity is growing among the religious leaders, which projects what is coming. So let me ask you, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Today, if you hear God's voice, 
Don't harden your hearts like the religious leaders of Jesus's day. Instead, let's be like the disciples and say, yes, Lord. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.